Hi, this is Pastor Bob. Today I have a special guest with me. He'll be with me tomorrow also. Mike Failauer from Corpus Christi, Texas, pastors a church and has been in revival since the year 2018. Consistent since then, and revival just keeps on going and spreading. We're going to find out the secrets of revival and what it's done to his town and can also do to you. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome again to Student of the Word. So glad to have you with us today. Today is a special broadcast. Tomorrow will be a special broadcast. And I'm interviewing today Mike Failauer. He's the pastor of New Life Church in Corpus Christi, Texas. And he is in the midst right now of the fifth year of revival that broke out in the city and is happening at the Texas University campus in Corpus Christi. And you know, we've been hearing a lot about revival lately. And the beauty of the revival we've been hearing about is happening here, it's happening here, it's happening here. But it's not just something that just started. It's something that's been going on for some time. And actually, Charisma Magazine has reported on his revival, but his wasn't the only one. There's other churches this broke out mm -hmm. in across the country. And honestly, I can say this, it's gotta be going on around the world. This, this revival, I believe, is the one that's gonna usher the return of Jesus Christ in, and it cannot be just for the United States. This is something mm -hmm. for the entire world world. And I believe Jesus Christ is about to show his majesty in this world like never before. So I want to introduce to you Mike Failauer. Mike. Good to see you, Pastor Bob. Good so to, glad be, to be here. Glad you're here with us. <laughs> uh, we have a, quite a history. We go back yes. quite a ways yeah. to the days when we first met yeah. at, um, in Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. You and were then in England. England. <laughs> and then working with Andrew Walmart. Yes. Yes. yes for years. Yeah. The years. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure that out. It's got to be what? Maybe 30 years? Yeah. Close to 30 years. Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we did that meeting over in England and you were stuck in that little tiny room. <laughs> that used to be a jail cell that they converted into a hotel room. Uh, yeah. I could lay in bed and and close the door to the bathroom and turn on the turn off the light and not get out of bed. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I remember you got and you said you wanted to get up during the night and take your little coffee cup and run across, <laughs> Start the, running bar. across the bars. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, those those were great days. Yes. Yeah. But to see where God's brought us both from. Yes. Just yes. small beginnings to where that continued to grow and Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. I had my beginnings at Rama and you, did you ever teach at Andrew's school? Any I did. All? I taught for several years at his school uh, in the early years of the Bible school. There's only at that time maybe 150, 200 students at the yeah, most. Yeah. So this is like around, uh, I want to say 95, I started mm -hmm. teaching at Andrews Bible School up through 2000. Yeah. Yeah. There's revival breaking out across the United States. We hear about it. We don't hear about that much going on in the world, although I do know of things in Brazil. Yes. Apparently, tremendous revivals yes. in Brazil, but here in the United States, and it began, you know, sometime back with, with, yours and with others, those have not been so publicly known as the ones mm -hmm. that have happened recently. But Correct. think about the football player that was hurt and then and died on the field. Yeah. And how the whole audience, the whole, everyone in the stands went to their knees and the football players went to their knees. Yeah, and so even beautiful. one of the commentators who is not a Christian, who's not even conservative, said, <laughs> we've got to pray. And he came back to life. Yeah. And that man. is just so, it's so changed things. Now the movie has come out, The Jesus Revolution. Yeah. And uh, you add that to it, plus other things happening in colleges, universities. Yes. It's, it's, it's sporadic right now, but they're so close together. It's just mm -hmm. one right after another. 
and uh, God's doing some yeah, great things. Yeah. Do you want to kind of give us a history of the revival? Well, um, it started for us, uh, this outpouring started in 2018, July 11th, mm. to be exact, the second Wednesday of July in 2018. And previous to that, um, the church was doing well. We were growing not really any drama and no crises or anything. I was increasingly more hungry for something more. I'd read Jesus uh, in the book of Revelation, his message to the seven churches. And as I was reading through that, I was really convicted. I was really struck with, for me personally, uh, I felt like I was using some of the wrong metrics to determine our success as a church and our effectiveness and began to realize that some of the things that were a big deal to me, Jesus never mentioned. <laughs> and, right. and, the, and the things that were a big deal to him, I wasn't really thinking about it in the same way. So I realized what was important to him needed to be important to me. And so that started, um, I think, kind of a quest for me as the pastor, just, man, God, I don't want to spend the last years of my life pastoring this church just kind of in this rat race, so to speak, of just trying to succeed in a certain way and yeah. build a church. Uh, even if you win the race, you're still a rat, yeah. <laughs> as they say. Uh, and so that started there. Also, we had a group of young adults, very a smaller group of young adults at that time that were meeting regularly and praying for God to pour out a spirit on uh -huh. the Texas A&M campus there in Corpus Christi. And so behind the scenes, I guess is what I'm saying, all of that was happening. There was this kind of discontentment with me and the Lord really pressing me to make some changes and give the Holy Spirit more room, which I I, I wasn't uh, at that time, and um, not enough. And then we have uh, our college students who are just in their innocence, just meeting on a regular basis and praying for God yeah. to just pour out His Spirit and move on the campus. So it really just kind of culminated when we had um, uh, that first Wednesday in 2018 in July. And so we decided to do four Wednesdays in a row at that time, we were doing just one Wednesday a month. Mm -hmm. And I said, let's just do four Wednesdays. Let's see what happens. And let's just give God some room. Let's give him some space and just see what he'll do. And we just discovered that whatever, whatever room and space you give him, he fills. But we also discovered that's the only space he can fill is the space you give him. Mm -hmm. He's not going to bust in there and, you know, and, and uh, exert himself in that way. So we just stood back in a sense and just allowed the Lord to begin to move. And the first service was, we could tell something was unusual, but there wasn't anything physically that was um, noteworthy, but we kind of sensed something was up. This was the first of the four? The first of the four. Yeah, Wednesday nights. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I don't think I told you this, and I'll, I'll do this quick, but as we were closing out the service, we had a lot more people show up than we ever did for a Wednesday night. I don't even know why. It was like three times more. Typically, we'd have maybe 200 adults on a Wednesday night. We had over 600 that Wednesday night. So I knew something was up. And then we just you could sense something was happening spiritually. When I was getting ready to close out the service, the Lord spoke to me as I was getting ready to close out in prayer. And um, he said, give an altar call, but have them, stand, you know, have them all stand and make the altar call specifically for salvation very, very clearly. But have them come to the front, just like a Billy Graham mm -hmm. altar call. And I went back and forth in my mind because I'm thinking, that's not what we do. That's not how we do it. They bow their heads. They close their eyes. They raise their hand. Nothing wrong with that, but that's that was just what we did. And that was so countercultural to our church. So I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And, and as soon as I closed the service out, I was so heartbroken. I just 
was so convicted. Mm -hmm. I found a handful of the pastors and I confessed to them. I said, here's what happened. The Lord told me to do this. I didn't do it. And I'm repenting. I've repented to the Lord. I'm repenting to you guys. I shouldn't have done that. And I was really felt bad Mm -hmm. and went home and I said, Lord, please give us another chance. You know, I I won't mess up. (laughs) I'll, I'll really obey you next time. And so the following Wednesday, uh, we were closing out and I preached just a very short message and, and the Lord's very clear to do that. And I did. And there were just hundreds that came to the altar. And then that just kind of led the, the Wednesdays can continue to increase. Mm-hmm. And then, um, all of a sudden, uh, spontaneous baptisms started happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Huh. Well, um, I think there's, when, when you talk about the churches, they are the first church that Paul talked to, I mean, that uh, John talked to in Revelation was the church of Ephesus. And he said, you left your first love. Yeah. And I, people often said, oh, that means love for each other. No, it's love for souls. Yeah. That's the major thing that it, you, if you want to have the first love, then it's got to be God's first love. Yeah. And God's first love is not that we love each other. God's yeah. first love is we love the world like Jesus did and God did and and win them. Yeah. And so what, what began to develop from there? You, how did it get over to the college campus? Well, um, as it was very visceral, it was very, it's hard to explain how visceral, how deep and profound the services were. The move of the spirit was so strong. We were seeing healings, but mostly it was a real spirit of repentance. Okay. So it started strong in the church, started strong to the church and spread to the campus. And so there were college students that were already a part of Mm -hmm. a new life that were really impacted and without coaching them or telling them you need to go tell your friends or whatever they just it was like you know it's like if you find a great restaurant you got to check this out it was like they it was so deep and profound that what the lord was doing so it began to spread they began to share uh on the campus Mm -hmm. and so it just it just continued to, to to grow and to build and then um and it became a thing. It's like everyone knew the Lord was moving mm-hmm. and other pastors had come to visit in the community and stuff in the city. And and then the spontaneous baptisms. Uh, we ended up baptizing from August of 2018 to December, mm-hmm. a thousand people. This is what you mean by spontaneous is the moment they received Jesus, they wanted to be baptized. They wanted to be baptized. Right. I, yeah. think, I think of the Ethiopian that said, here's water. water. Why not? Why not? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so we had a baptism tank, which is a horse trough that was on the stage. Had, I've had them before. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and they just, and we've, and it's five years later, we still mm-hmm. haven't taken it down. But so that, that's how, that was like the next step. And so it started spreading in that way. Eventually, over a couple of years, it continued to just, it, it it's never abated. It's never slowed down. It's actually stronger now in 2023 mm-hmm. than it was in 2018. Even the area of discipleship uh, after salvation is even stronger and deeper now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing more miracles, like healings, mm-hmm. way a bunch more now than we did even at the beginning. So eventually, it continued to to expand uh, outside the walls of the church on the campus of A and M. Um, and, uh, and, and I think it was, uh, so it it wasn't like super explosive on the campus. It was like this build, this build. Mm -hmm. So last year, uh, at the beginning of the year around February is when it, like the floodgates kind of opened up at the Texas Mm A&M campus. And so some of our young adult guys were out there preaching outdoors Mm -hmm. at night and they were sharing testimonies and they were preaching the gospel of repentance, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
and kids were getting saved. And they they started baptizing kids in the college fountain. There's a fountain there, mm-hmm. outdoor fountain. Mm-hmm. So it was like, there's, like you said with the Ethiopian, there's water. Mm-hmm. They're looking for somewhere to baptize these kids yeah. right away. So they baptize them in the fountain. It was 53 degree weather. Oh, They're getting baptized mm-hmm. in their clothes. There's no change of clothes. There's no changing rooms. They're just getting baptized. Yeah. And that just continued to increase. Last year, one of our, uh, our young adult pastors did a service at the campus. There was over 600 students that showed up outdoors he preached, gave an altar call. A bunch of them were healed. There was 51 spontaneous water baptisms, mm-hmm. salvations and baptisms yeah. on the campus yeah. last August. So yeah. it's just kind of continued. Yeah. And yeah. you did tell me, too, that the students had been praying for two years yes. before this happened. Yes. They wanted revival. And listen, it just simply comes back to this. When people want something, their hearts are out before God. This is how it starts. It doesn't just start with God rolling dice, say, let's do it over here, and let's do it over here. Right. God always looks for open hearts. That's even a call to the mission field. God will send people to places that I know. They've told me they got there and thought, why am I even here? And they found two or three people that says, we've been praying for you to come. So we'll be back right after the break. Uh, Mike has a couple of books. We'll talk about those books when we get back. See you right after the break here. This is Halftime. See you later. At the dawn of the church age, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit and power to his followers. From Pentecost, they were led by his Spirit to blaze a trail through the hazardous maze of pagan cultures and religious legalism. Like wildfire, the gospel spread through the known world, bringing salvation to a whole generation and triumph and trial to the church. In a New Testament commentary on Acts, Bob Yannian explores the exploits of those sent to uproot the binding vines of religion and philosophy and to sow the kingdom of God. Through evaluations of early congregations and detailed descriptions of their cities, Pastor Bob walks us through the exciting, perilous adventure of the early church. Order a New Testament commentary on Acts at bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Hello, we're back again with Pastor Mike, and I just want to advise you and just tell you, if you're ever near uh, Corpus Christi, go to the New Life Church there. You'll be tremendously blessed. It's one of my favorite churches to go to. The praise and worship is great. The Word of God is great. The fellowship, there's so many 
wide display of tiny children all the way up to older people and, and all in between college students. It's just a place that is filled with the life of God. And so I was going to bring this up too. There's uh, what you mentioned about there was great Holy Spirit conviction is because there was such a void in the lives of the students. And I think oftentimes we look at the void in the lives of young people today. We say we can't even relate to it. We don't even, and so we do mm. similar to what was in the movie, Jesus Revolution. We isolate ourselves from them, not knowing they're looking for God right. and we have it. And yeah. so you want to amplify on that, the void that you saw in their lives and, and how, you know, you've been used to fill that and your people have been used to fill that right. by simply being obedient. Yes. And obedience is, is, <laughs> can't uh, over uh, overestimate that or over talk about that. But yes, I think uh, with the adults as well as the students, especially after COVID, when the students came back mm -hmm. to, to school, when school started back up again, they were different. There was something different about them, both high school, and I know we'll talk about that, what God's doing in our high schools and elementary schools now too in Corpus Christi, but high school students and the college students, there was just something different about all of them. Something happened, not good. And but it but it and it looked more desperate when you're looking at how they were and kind of the emotionally and spiritually and all that, mentally where they were at, it looks kind of hopeless. But as you said so beautifully, it's also the perfect opportunity to preach the gospel mm -hmm. and and to share the truth and the love of God with them because they're hungry. They just don't know what they're hungry for. That's right. And so when they came back, this outpouring that we talked about in the last segment where they were baptizing him in the fountain, that was because they, our students at New Life recognized how, how, how desperate the students there, mm -hmm. uh, their, their peers were. And they were like, you know what? The name of Jesus is being, is being uh, trampled on in our college. And it's being defamed and, and and mocked. And they said, let's go and let's get a guy with a guitar and we're going to worship at the same place where Jesus was mocked. We're going to go there and lift him up. So that's what they did. Mm -hmm. A couple hundred students showed up. They started getting saved, started getting baptized, mm -hmm. started getting healed. So it was just really, but yeah, it was because they're so hungry. And 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 same thing with our, with our high schools and our, our elementary schools as well. Um, I know you caught the attention of Charisma Magazine. Uh, because of what was going on. In fact, they re what, didn't they do three articles? Oh, they did three or four yeah, yeah. articles on mm -hmm. you from time to time. And that was incredible because they, they had done once before that, that broke out and were there and then faded away. Yours has not faded away. In fact, it, it's got stronger. And I really look back at it is for so long we've been hearing on television, we've so long been hearing in Christian broadcasting, it's the vote, it's the vote, it's the it's the, Re the Republican Party or, or it's this group of people when all the time we were sitting right there with the answers, the church. Yeah. And we've been looking to the so government to get it. And 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 if you vote this way, and, and then they get upset when it doesn't happen. When you understand that with the way to change the United States is That's to buy right. the lives of people and getting them saved, revival yeah. is the answer. And we've had it right there the whole time. Yeah. But we've kind of pushed that off aside. And the, the sad thing is, is so there's so many churches that could have done it. Yeah. And not that yours was the wrong church to do it. It's you sometimes look around and say, Lord, was there something better than me? Yeah. And he says, yeah. no, you're the only one that had an open heart. <laughs> and that's what God's looking for. Yeah. So. I don't think we were, I don't think we were God's first choice. Yeah. You know, um, well, Catherine Kuhlman said she wasn't either. So. Yeah. I don't think we <laughs> you're were in God's good first company. Choice. Yeah. <laughs> but we were willing to say yes. And, and I, and so, 
Um, what continued to happen then, and you're right, it hasn't slowed down, it's gotten stronger. And, and one of the things that also that happened is our young people and our teenagers started receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And not only was uh, the gifts of the Spirit and tongues a part of that, but there was also boldness, mm-hmm. uh, an amazing boldness. And so as a result of that, uh, last year, at the beginning of last year, where there were no kind of Bible clubs or any kind of Christian expression in our schools at all, Pastor Bob, uh, within a weekend, or no, I'm sorry, within three or four weeks, there were 20 Bible clubs in 20 different schools being led by the students. Wow. They're leading them, they're teaching, they're preaching, they're giving invitations to accept Christ in the schools, and they can't stop them because they're student-led. Right, you explain that to me. Would you explain that? If it had been uh, adult-led or, or from your church, it wouldn't, or it wouldn't have happened. But the students themselves, they can't stop it. Would you Yeah, the schools can't, can't say no, at least in the state of Texas. I don't know about other states. But if a student, a group of students go to the principal and say, we want to have a Bible club, we want to have something. Uh, in the state of Texas, they have to let them do that if oh. it's student-led. Mm-hmm. And, so, and they have to have a, a sponsor, which is a, a teacher that sponsors it. So our students were so overcome by the fire of God. They were just so moved. They were so, the Holy Spirit had just changed them. Uh, they started texting teachers that they knew that they had cell phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Will you sponsor a Bible club? These teachers are saying, absolutely. And some of those <laughs> Bible great. clubs, some of these Bible clubs have as many as 100 students in them. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, how many people have been saved overall? Just an estimate. Oh. From the time this thing started, I know you probably don't just keep really good records mm-hmm. of it because first thing I hate doing is writing down exactly how many yeah. this happened. But just just generally, because it in in the five years it's been going, about how many? Well, we keep we keep pretty good records of the water baptisms. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there's in the five years there's probably there's been over uh, almost four thousand. Oh well, I want to be conservative. I don't want to evangelistically speak, speak. Yep. so I'd say about 3,500 plus water baptisms in the last uh, five years. It's probably been more than that, mm-hmm. but conservatively. The number of people that have been saved is probably greater than that. It's probably been closer to four to 5,000 that uh-huh. have come to Christ. The church has grown remarkably, so we're much larger than we were even pre-COVID, Right, and we're actually in the process of expanding to accommodate the all the new people mm-hmm. that are coming. Though that was never the objective. The objective wasn't, what can we do to build the church? Yeah. It was really like, man, God wants to do something. He wants to. He wants an expression of himself on the earth. And it's his church that he's chosen mm-hmm. to be that expression. You know, Ephesians says that in one translation that God wants through his church to fill all things everywhere with himself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How has that changed the lives of the people in your church? I know you probably had people that were shallow, nominal, whatever, that have really jumped in. But how about people that were already really following God and now like explosions of callings on their life and yes. places God wants to send yes. them to? Yes, um, that it's been it's been such a powerful thing to see what God has done. And what I love, uh, what I love watching and seeing is how these men and women and these young people are stepping into what God's called them to do and be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're preaching the gospel. Out of the three 3,500 plus baptisms, I think I've baptized five people. <laughs> Out of all the miracles mm-hmm. uh, that have happened, the healings, I don't, I, I, I'm, only, I'm only directly connected to one, mm-hmm. which just happened last week. 
uh, it's all the people realizing I can preach. Mm-hmm. I can create exactly. my own pulpit. Yeah. I, I can be God's expression. Mm-hmm. I can lay hands on the sick. Right. I can pray. I can have a Bible study. I can start a, a life group that turns into a revival point where I can just minister to folks. And mm-hmm. so we've seen that over and over again. And and um, we've seen, uh, we saw a couple of girls actually start uh, a gym, uh, their own gym, just so they could use it as a place to uh, get people into yeah. shape, but also okay. preach the gospel and get them saved and baptize them. And so there's not unusual during the week for me to get texts at 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night about baptisms that are happening. Uh, hey, Pastor Mike, we're driving to the church. There's five guys that just gave their lives to Jesus. We're going to go get them baptized. Or, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that happens all, all week long. So yeah, yeah just to see uh, what God's awakened uh, in people, they're understanding their their calling and their purpose and that they they can preach. The Holy Spirit came and he, he, he's he's pouring himself out on all flesh, sons and daughters, young yeah. and old. Yeah. Um, with the movie that came out on the Jesus Revolution, I was, I've seen so many people that, you know, we basically grew up together. Uh, I go to a Tuesday night teaching and there's people in there that my age now, you know, and they've since retired, most of them, but they uh, were involved in the Jesus movement back there and told me, all the same thing. Uh, we kind of knew maybe God might have had a call on our life, but we were just so involved in the church. But the moment we got into the coffee houses with those kids and stuff, yeah, they yeah. said something struck us. Uh, once that I saw, you know, that they needed more teaching here, I decided to start a group, and that developed into my church. And to talk about their lifelong calling started yes. at that time. Revival always yes. leads to explosions of yes. ministries coming yes. out. Yes. And it's no accident this is happening right now. And for those of you who haven't seen the movie, Jesus Revolution, oh. go see it. Say, well, I don't have time. Yes, you do. In fact, when you go there, I mean, we both talked about it. We cried from the time the thing started. I had to stop myself later on because I was just, I was overwhelmed because yeah. I went through that at that time. From this, Mike has written a couple of books, and I wanted to talk about the books that he has here. The first one was um, Ears to Hear. That's the the uh, series that you did out of the book of Revelation. Correct. Chapter 2 and Chapter 3. And then you went and gave the testimony for Wednesdays in July. So you yeah. want to talk about the books and yeah. what led to Yeah, that? actually, the first book that I actually wrote was Four Wednesdays in July, which talks about how the revival... But it's got a two on it. See? It does. It's book two. You know how to count? <laughs> well, you know how in Star Wars, they did the first movie and they went back... Oh, and... that's... Never mind. Okay, okay. You had to think of that. <laughs> so actually, I wrote this one first, and it was really just about how the Holy Spirit came uh-huh. and... And how the revival started, how the outpouring started, and uh, it's a I love this book because it really describes what was happening in the background and what God was doing in me and and the, and, and the folks at the church uh, and how He was using all of us. And then I just recently wrote this one, which is now actually book one. <laughs> and so the third book I'll, I'll be writing is called Create Your Own Pulpit. But this one is yeah, ears to hear, and it's it's Jesus' message to the seven churches and. And this book here talks a lot about what's happening in our world today mm-hmm. and in the context of a biblical worldview. So all this insanity and craziness that we're seeing, mm-hmm. I love this book because it really helps us interpret correctly what's going on around us. Yeah. At the bottom of the screen, you'll see the, his address and uh, how you can contact them and get these books for yourself. 
and understand something about what we're saying here is, you know, if you got a call to the ministry, quit waiting for a church to open up and invite you. Whatever happened, mm. I remember I didn't have any places to minister and somebody would say, we need somebody to come and speak at our retirement. I'd go, the, the words weren't even out of their mouth. I was volunteering. Yes. Uh, the pastor got up at our church and said, uh, we have a Sunday school class over here. And he said, we need some, I went like this and found out later <laughs> it was seventh grade boys. I was slightly over their head <laughs> to be honest with you, but I would take anything anybody yes. offered and that's what God is looking for. What a great opportunity. Yes. We will continue tomorrow. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. And so folks, till then, see you later. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.